Hi, and welcome to Fussifern Christian Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message, and it will both challenge and inspire you. Yes, come Holy Spirit. We thank you that you're always with us, and that you're always working. We thank you, we praise you. Now we rest and we trust. We pray that, Lord, you would come and your will would be done. You'd help us to see what we need to see, hear what we need to hear. So come. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, team. Wonderful. I'm going to read from Second Corinthians 1, uh, 3 to 7. Anybody read Second Corinthians recently? Um, I started a few weeks ago and it's been a little bit of a shake for me. Um, I was reading in the First uh, Kings, Second Kings and uh, it was a bit overwhelming and I started reading then into the Minor Prophets and that was just really overwhelming and, and I just had on my heart just to get into Second Corinthians uh, and I can see the uh, connection now. Uh, but I just want to touch on a, uh, just slightly, just briefly tonight, uh, a couple of thoughts. So, so from 2 Corinthians 1, 3 to 7, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in uh, any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our uh, consolation also abounds through Christ. Now if we are afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effective for enduring the same sufferings which we are also suffering. For if we are comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation and our hope for you is steadfast because we know that as you are partakers of the suffering so also you'll be partakers of the consolation um i just want us to notice a couple of things and draw a couple of points tonight and it and it will be brief but um hopefully it'll be painful uh because there's a message here that we really need to start to take into consideration I want us to notice the opening line there in Second Corinthians 1.3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Um, not just merciful, but notice it says the Father of mercies. Not just comforter, but the God of all comfort. Um, there are times when mercy and grace are obviously highly valued. Um, but Paul takes the nth degree here that, that there is no one as merciful or as comforting as God. And he puts in those apt descriptions to highlight that. He's not just saying, you know, um, it, it's good to be comforted, it's good to receive mercy. And, and it is, of course it is. Uh, unfortunately, a lot wouldn't receive it um, through their peers uh, some might, but some would just, you know, she'll be right. I don't know how many times I've said to people 
who I know that aren't doing well, um, with a sincere heart wanting to see how I can help. Uh, so how are you doing? Yeah, doing all right, mate. Anybody heard that? Yeah, and you know full well. That's not true because I know you're in pain or you're suffering or you've got this bill or you've got this problem that's just so overwhelming I don't know how you're even standing. But this, yeah, yeah, I'm right, mate. She'll be right. And, uh, and so it's nice to receive, although it's probably not as received as often as it should be. And I think it's probably a pride issue there. But um, when we're talking about here the mercy and comfort, Paul didn't just say, yeah, God, he's very merciful. But he, he went that extra bit and he called him the father of mercies and the God of all comfort. He's highlighting that, that this is the ultimate. That this, there's no other place or person who can do it like he can. And so while there are times that, that is, the mercy and grace is needed and valuable, Paul highlights, even he goes beyond highlighting, he emphasises that, you know, the ultimate comes from God. And, it, and it's not only speaking to us about recognising and, and accepting that, but it's all, also part of him revealing the character of God, what kind of God we actually serve. And so um, we, we recognise that. But then when we look at those words, and <clears throat> we study those words, uh, we realise that... Um, it's just a, not as mercy and comfort as we've just... But there's actually more. And then when we start to put it in context, that there is more. Um, the, he's actually showing us a little bit more here. It's just we, we don't see it clearly. But if we put it in context, and uh, I'm sure you remember Romans 8.28. I don't know if there's a weekend gone past where we haven't used it. Romans 8.28 and 29. And we all... Anyway, let me read it. Uh, Romans 8, 28, 29. <laughs> and we know all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to, to all those who are the called according to his purposes. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. All things work together for good, and he uses them to conform us into the image of his son. And so here we've got Father um, doesn't only show us mercy and comfort. Um, it, it's not like a cuddle and a, and a bit of an, come on, we'll be all right, we'll make it, I'll help you through. No, no, there's something more significant here, especially in the right, light of Romans 8, 28 and 29. Um, and so... We've just seen here he wants to work on it for good, all things. So especially when he's comforting us, there's a reason for the troubles we've been, the tribulation. He, can, he, he not only wants to comfort, he not only wants to show mercy, uh, but he wants to work on that, to develop it, to use it for good. Or if I could go down to verse 29, to use it in transforming us into the image of his son. So in his process of mercy and comfort, uh, not only comes the work of recovery, but a work of transformation. Now, w when we really take time and read these verses slowly, there's a few things we need to get our heads around. 
2 Corinthians 1.4. It says, who comforts us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Right? If you read it quickly, um, it's very nice. When you stop and think about what we just read, it's a bit challenging. And after reading a few, and I'll probably, you'll probably hear a little bit more about this, but after reading a few chapters now and, and stopping and rereading a few chapters and thinking through some stuff, um, if we don't have a gospel that makes room for tribulation, we've missed the point that there's a gaping hole. And unfortunately, through the last few decades, um, the positive message of the gospel, which is all positive, don't get me wrong, but it has big holes in it because it denies any kind of suffering uh, or um, problems or challenges or tribulation, and it only focuses on the blessings, the prosperity. But when you start to read verses like this and start to slow down and think about them, um, you've got to ask the question, um, who comforts us in all our tribulation? Tribulation, it doesn't sound like it's going to be optional. It's going to come. And there's several reasons for that. Um, we ourselves, as you all will testify, surely if you're honestly, you'll testify, that when you start to understand um, the gospel and the things that Jesus teaches and preaches, there's part of our flesh and, and it's part of the fallen nature will really, will really react against it. This part of our makeup that is, uh, has a huge appetite, this part that's motivated by fear, jealousy, this part of it motivated by greed. And so when, when Jesus says things like forgive, when he talks about giving everything away, when he talks about blessing, when he talks about denying yourself, there's something in the flesh that we might not want to admit it publicly, but, but there's limits we put on that and the degree to which we'll do it. And we become very selective. Uh, but the deal is um, there's a reaction in ourselves against some of the things, not some of the things, nearly all the things that Jesus re requires, teaches, says if, if you want to move in the blessing on the and the fullness of what God has, these are the things that are necessary. You can't hold on to them. You've got to let go of them. You've got to do this stuff. And so there's part of us that, um, and even mentally we'll start to try and look for angles, look for loopholes. And, and that happens all the time when I'm talking to people and we, we, we hit on a subject. All of a sudden people that automatically can't help themselves start looking for a loophole. Start, start looking for, you know, but what if? And I will if only they or that. And, and so we've got to be careful there. So um, this tribulation, it sounds like it's inevitable to me. And um, we've got to understand. So it's not only us, right, who will react, but it's our culture. It's our community. When we, if we start living completely like Jesus asks us to live, 
and being a light and being a voice and reaching out and touching and directing and teaching and just, you know already, people react. Who do you think you are? So, so not only have we got a battle from our, our flesh, our culture, we, we've got now a, a resistance in our community. And, you know, um, you only have to talk a little bit about uh, Jesus or the Gospels or the Bible and, and things flare up. Even though what the Bible's telling us to do is really good and for the benefit of all, people don't like that. And, and if you dare explain or justify or try to teach, <clears throat> you'll, you'll, get, you'll get such a backlash uh, from different points of view, especially in our country where everybody feels like they're free to give their, not have their opinion, they are free to have their opinion, but they free, feel free to express it, um, sometimes very verbally, very vocally. Uh, and so we have trouble in ourselves, then we have trouble in our community, but the big one we've got to worry about, we've got this opposition from the enemy who wants to keep everybody else in the dark, even though that we've got the light and we try to shine the light and teach the light and explain the light and show the light, um, the enemy will come in to try and discredit, try to nullify the influence. And, and then all this other stuff comes about <clears throat> misusing scriptures. <clears throat> and if that doesn't work, let's sign some fault. And the enemy will come and, and try to scatter the sheep and, and discredit uh, your, your truth, your testimony, the revelation, the light. And so, you know, when we start to do this, there's going to be lots of opposition, right? And, and to deny that is just to live in a dream world um, because it's going to happen, especially when you start being fruitful or productive. You start making ground. You start breaking some strongholds. You st the light's starting to pierce the darkness People are starting to listen, they see, and all of a sudden um, the Holy Spirit's breathing on, on this thing and, and all of a sudden there's, there's an element of faith. Around. So the enemy hates all that, so he's going to work to try and stop that. So if, if, we, if we think that, you know, we've got this sail, you know, easy sailing, just cruising through this thing, we've got another thing coming. We've got to have part of our understanding of the gospel that is, is our understanding of of tribulation, of trouble, of persecution. And so here in 2 Corinthians 1, 4, he comforts us in all our tribulations. He didn't say comforts us if any tribulations should happen to come your way. He's like, just this is the, the way it is, but God's with us and he's going to comfort us. And not only is he going to comfort and counsel, he's actually going to use it for your good. And actually the Latin word you know, the Greek word for that comfort and, and mercy thing uh, has broad reaching, but the Latin word, which is very similar, actually means to strengthen. So when God comes to comfort and counsels, he, he's not only come to put band-aids on, he's going to bring full healing and he's going to use it to strengthen you, to increase you. And, and the enemy ain't going to like that, right? And so... Who comforts us in all our tribulations? But listen to the next bit. That we might be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which ourselves, uh, which we ourselves are comforted by in God. Um, 
I hope you can start to see this. Um, it doesn't qualify. It, there's no denying there's going to be trouble. There's going to be tribulation. But the next thing is it doesn't qualify if it's the result of a really dumb thing you did or decision you made or if it's because of persecution because of the righteousness that you're projecting. Right? So we've got these extremes. We know a lot of the stuff we go through is consequences of poor decisions. Of some of you know, the, the appetites of the flesh, the fears or the greed, whatever. And, and so we move that way. And then there's consequences. To, there's always consequences to that. Everything comes with a serve of consequences. If we can just, if we can just get that in our head, there's no such thing as, you know, um, things done in secret or things that are done will be kept secret. Everything's going to be exposed. I, just, I wish we could just learn that. That it, it doesn't matter. It, one day it's going to be, right? It's going to be exposed. But there's this other group who've took a righteous stand and done the right thing and now they're paying the price because they're getting persecuted from it. Well, here in this passage, it doesn't just qualify and say, well, if you're being persecuted for righteousness, there's all this comfort and there's this mercy and God's going to use it and you're, he, he's going to make you stronger and, and, and better and you're going to be blessed. <clears throat> but if, if, you're, if you're in trouble because of the consequences of the stupid things you've done, you're on your own, buddy. But this verse doesn't say that. It says all your tribulation. Who comforts us in all our tribulation, tribulation, that we may be able, <laughs> that we might be able to comfort those who are in any trouble. It's almost like if you're strong enough to avoid the trouble, God will put you in some trouble. I don't know if that's like contradictory or you're going to go blasphemous, but the deal is um, it's almost like we have to go through it because when we go through it, God reveals his, his mercy, God reveals his comfort, and he's with us, and he'll not only, you know, um, heal, but he'll just transform and strengthen. And he says, but not for your benefit. Even the bad stuff, even the really good stuff, for other people who are going through it. It almost sounds like we've got to go through it. Because then we've got something to give. Oh, you're so glad you came tonight, aren't you? You've got to go through it. And the focus is others. Um, usually, we get bogged down in guilt, condemnation, or we almost separate ourselves because, you know, we're holy and we got it right. Um, but God says, no, there's, there's no difference. So when we're, when we're thinking about the guilt, the condemnation, the shame, 
It's because we're thinking about us. And I understand that. Self-preservation, protection, embarrassment, shame. But even on the other side, if it's about us and what I've done and what we've done, it's still about us where God's saying, no, no, you're going to go through this because there's a benefit for everybody else. Sure, you might be walking with a limp. Sure, you, your reputation might be tarnished. Sure, you know, you might be embarrassed, but the deal is, it's not about you. His blood, his, the sacrifice of his son is sufficient for the forgiveness of all our sins, and he loves us equally, and there is a healing, all things work. But the, the thing is, he says, now stop looking at yourself and look at those around you who are, who are suffering with the same problems, and, and the comfort that you've received from me, now I want you to go and give to them. Is this making sense? It's almost like, I, I think the pendulum swang. And, and we need to understand, because, you, you know, we need to understand it was almost in the old days like poverty was holy. But money was like sinful. And God had to let the pendulum swing. And we had the prosperity doctrine and all that sort of stuff. And it went, I think it went way too far, but we stayed there instead of bringing the balance to understand we've got to understand there is some persecution, there is some troubles, there is some problems, and, and, and that's called life. And nobody escapes it. You can, it doesn't matter how positive you are, how much you quote scripture, you know, your positive confession. The deal is, if you're effective, stuff's going to happen. I mean, if you're not a threat, it'll still happen. Because you're living in you. You're living with yourself. And so we've got to come to a place where we realize, okay, this has happened. But God's with me and he loves me. He'll never leave nor forsake me. He's made me a promise. And the precious blood of Jesus uh, has, made, has made sure that the sin isn't the issue because I'm, I'm totally, completely forgiven. And, and all, not only that, my place with him in eternity is secure because it's not based on me, it's based on what Jesus accomplished. Right? So we've we got to get that settled, but then we realize, okay, now it's about everybody else. It's not about me anymore. And if we, if we don't have some kind of that doctrine or theology in, in our understanding of gospel and kingdom... And I suppose if you're not doing anything, you're already ineffective. It's not as serious. But when we want to be faithful to the Lord, when we want to commit ourselves to him, when we enter the kingdom stuff, um, it's going to happen. We've got to be aware. Um we got to use it for others. And so tonight, I, I want to challenge each and every one of us. Well, there might be some, there might be some that need to hear that they're forgiven. There might be some that need to know that it, it doesn't matter if it's the consequences of something you've done right or, or something you've done really wrong. It, it doesn't really matter. The truth is that God's with us and, and he wants to take it and, and he wants to use it now. And we've got to we've got to get our heads around that.
And so, and so whether, whether it's something we've done and we really regret and are embarrassed about, it's the pride that wants us to suppress that and not let it, and, and yet we, when we do, we live in shame and guilt and the hope that no one will ever find out. And we actually in dread because, because we think God will one day expose me because that's what he does. He brings, he shines the light in and breaks the power of darkness and so one day it means that's got to be public. Well, not necessarily so. Not if we just trust him and hand it over to him and say, God doesn't delight in bringing out our mistakes and highlighting our mistakes. I remember talking to someone who, who had done something and, and really regretted it, but were so ashamed that they thought even their family and friends who were with the Lord now, um, he'd be too ashamed to stand in front of them. But, but see, that's because he's ignorant. Uh, when you stand before the Lord, when you're in the presence of the Lord, you're known and you start to know as you're known. So every, there's no secrets. But here's the deal. If it is known, and I'm not sure if it is or not, I think everybody would be concentrating on the Lord. The truth is that we're all sinners and, and all we're deserving of, of death and separation from God. But his grace was sufficient for everybody. And so rather than pointing out and, and being embarrassed about, no, no, it'll be testimony because we'll all understand we're driven by a fallen nature, living in a fallen world, and God rescued us from that. And, and we're all stained and we're all scarred, but God picks us up from that, heals us, cleans us, turns things around, makes us stronger, and it goes to his testimony, it goes to his glory. So we can't let these things of the past dictate to us and rule and force us to make decisions that will limit what God wants to do with your life. Every, every part of it is for the glory of God. Now, <clears throat> we, could, we could go on, and, but I think I need to stop there. Um, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble, with the comfort with which we ourselves um, are comforted by. There's a lot more to say from verse 3 to verse 7, um, but I don't want to go there tonight because I think I just made the point. And, and I want to focus on that point. And so I want to pray right now, and I want to encourage us, each and every one of us. We're all guilty. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And, and you can't say, well, my sin was greater than your sin. No, because all sin is equal. It's sin is sin. Uh, Paul's teaching the Romans, he, he, he said to them, listen, if you, if you break one aspect of the law, you've broken the whole law. It doesn't matter how we justify and twist and try and value different sins. Sin is sin. But the grace of God is sufficient. So tonight, I want us to, I want you to pray. If there is anything, even if it's just being reminded and thanking him for this wonderful grace, thanking him for his mercy that he's shown us and the comfort that he's given us. 
and how it brought us through and uh, through things that we never thought we'd make it through, but it brought us through and here we are, even if it's just to thank him for that. But I'm hoping that now we'll start to realise that we had to go through that and now because of that, we've got something to offer others who are going through similar things. You've heard this before, perhaps not the same way from the same verses, but the truth is um, we go through stuff. And it, it sounds like, almost like, Ian, if you continue to read Second Corinthians, it, it sounds like all of us have to go through this stuff. Especially, especially if you heed the calling of God, if there's some kind of calling on your life, which the truth is there is on all of our lives. For, for Christian ministers, if you, I, I could have told you what Paul went through. And I, and I so much want to talk about the next, one of the next phrases where, where he calls it the sufferings of Christ. What, what does that mean? The sufferings we go through. He lines it up with Jesus. But anyway, maybe next time. But right now, I've, I've, I think we've... I could stop boring because I think we reached oil. For somebody either here or on the screen, we just hit oil. And, and it's an anointing oil. It's, it's a healing oil. And it's going to set someone free right now. So if all of us either want to thank him for what he's done or get to a place where we realize that he wants to take that and he wants to turn it around and he wants you to use it for the benefit of others. And you need to be free of any shame or guilt. You need to be free from any condemnation. You need to break the power of that fear or that pride and just trust him and say, you know, um, it was worthless. But now all of a sudden there's some value here because I can help somebody else. Would you pray? Could we all pray individually right now? Can we just pray through that? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for that truth. I thank you that Paul here, speaking to people he loves, reveals so much about the hardships and difficulties he went through and that they're going through. And he's basically saying it's all right. You're supposed to go through it. Now help us, oh God, to understand what we've been through has been dealt with. Once and for all, the precious blood of Jesus was so powerful that it's not only forgiven us, but cleansed us completely. And you want to heal us from that? You want to restore us from that? And then you want to use that to transform us? Not that we will stand out in a crowd, but now that we've got something to help and to bless somebody else. So right now, for anybody in this room or anybody who's watching on the screen tonight, Lord, in the name of Jesus, by your spirit, even now, in this moment, on this truth, I pray an anointing right now. I pray your spirit's ministry right now. I pray in the name of Jesus that not only will you set free and heal, but you use it to strengthen, that they'll have a great testimony and, and they'll have an opportunity now to recognize other people who are going through troubles and be able to support and encourage them. And the word is minister to them. And we thought we weren't able because of what we'd been through, but one, what we've been through actually qualifies us 
to be ministers of your grace. Oh, Lord, thank you. I pray that truth will be set in every heart right now. What you've been through does not disqualify you. What you've been through actually qualifies you. Lord, right now in Jesus' name, let a, let a relief, a release, a deep sigh just rest on your people now as they take in that truth. Let them start to see themselves the way you see them. Let them start to see the world around them as you see it. Let them draw their values from what you say, not from what the world says. Oh Lord, in Jesus' wonderful name. In Jesus' wonderful name. Thank you, Lord. Now, if there's anybody who does need prayer, this altar will be open. If there's anybody watching that would like to discuss or want some more prayer, you could phone us, you can contact us, and we'll gladly spend time with you. If you want prayer, this altar's open now. If not, I'm praying that you'll have a great week and that um, you'll walk in the light as he is in the light. May you grow in the knowledge of our God. God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you were blessed with today's message. You can connect with us at firstfamchristianchurch.com.